It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch, race fans. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Online at joeskarting.com. Fast-paced white local racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Karting today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. Uh, Dirk, as we enter ever so closely to the weekend, uh, more and more tracks that are scheduled to run on Friday and Saturday are canceling or shifting their races. I saw Knoxville Raceway with their World of Outlaws event has already canceled for Saturday. Crawford County Speedway, uh, I believe they were a Friday show, uh, has postponed their season kickoff to May. I'll get you more details on that. I don't see anything about US 30 for Thursday night. Looks like they're still planning on opening up their season. But Eagle Raceway announced earlier this week that they were shifting the start time for their Saturday season opener to um, 530 rather than the typical 630. So they're moving things up just about an hour. I haven't. Uh, I had to work all day, so I haven't seen anything. I haven't been on Facebook since about 10 this morning. So. And I haven't, uh, I don't think I've got any texts or emails or anything to see what Ottawa is doing. I mean, I uh, I did look this morning and the, the overnight low Friday to Saturday is 24 and the high on Saturday is like 46 or something like that. So, yeah, it's not going to be fun to be out at the racetrack if uh, if we got to be, but if we got to be, we got to be. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm going to be in a boot, so it's, it's not that big a deal um, on my end, but I just know. I'm figuring if the overnight low is 24, that usually happens about 7 a.m. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a rare occasion where the, you know, like the daily high or something sometimes in the winter is 1 a.m., mm-hmm. you know, and the temperature literally drops a little bit for 24 straight hours. Yeah. But on a typical weather cycle, so about 7 a.m. is normally the overnight low. Yeah, and I've I've noticed that kind of the peak for the day is usually about two or three o'clock. Yeah, right now for whatever reason it seems to be four or five just about <laughs> every day, which yep. is again, but right now the weather is just a mess. Yeah, yep. you know. But if it's twenty four degrees Saturday morning at seven o'clock when they start to run their time trials and stuff, I think is at ten. It's not going to. I don't think it'll be above freezing weather. Wow. You know. Yeah. And. You know, these cars, for the most part, aren't running antifreeze and stuff like that. Some of them do, but uh, normally it's just straight water. And obviously, you've also got the facility. Can the facility, you know, have their water up and running on Friday night and then have to shut it off and drain the whole system and fire it up at noon or 1 o'clock on Saturday and the overnight low again Saturday to Sunday is below freeze. So, you know, we always talk about, you know, the racing and whatnot and the fans and whatnot. Um, you know, there's also the facility, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have a, you know, uh, Eagle's got a well that they've got to worry about, you know, possibly freezing and freezing a pump. And, you know, those uh, big well pumps, I mean, a small well pump for like a, uh, a cabin out by a river or something. I know it's by, from experience about 600 bucks. So I can only mm-hmm. imagine how expensive one of the big ones is. Yeah. So there's a lot to worry about, you know, besides creature comfort. 
Circling back around to Crawford County Speedway, they posted about 30 minutes before we recorded the, uh, with the forecast of temperatures only being in the 40s plus wind chill factor for Friday and Saturday. We're postponing the Smithfield Spring Fling till April 28th and May 5th. April 28th is going to feature late models, modifieds, hobby stocks, plus vintage cars. May 5th will be the Race Saver Sprint Cars, Stock Cars, Sport Mods, and Sport Compacts. Also haven't seen anything on Beatrice doing anything with uh, their weekend. Uh, I think they are still in fully in play. They posted earlier Thursday morning, uh, or excuse me, Wednesday morning, the Spring Fling, the Spring Nationals is happening this Friday, and we're going to have amazing, amazing weather for it. Um, it's a one-day event, including the Dirt Crown Stock Car Series. Again, coming up on Friday, hot laps at 6.30, racing at 7. Yeah, I did. Uh, I just scrolled through and to see if Ottawa had anything. And uh, they actually have a post uh, that's in the middle of their cancellation from last weekend. And it says that they're going to make a decision on Thursday. Okay. So stay so. tuned to that. We'll try to share it out on the Fred Church Facebook page. Just keep an eye on that uh, Fred Church Facebook page. And we will uh, we'll try to get the uh, information out to you guys best we can where, uh, where you can re uh, watch some racing this weekend. And where you can't watch some racing this weekend. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't see a lot of local news other than who's racing and who's postponing or canceling. The big national news uh, that was released, I believe, is that Tuesday afternoon with the um, Colleg Racing uh, Appeal update? That's when I saw it. Was And when I saw it, it was, I don't remember, an hour old or something. Yeah. So... So basically the way it boils down is that the final appeal officer heard the uh, arguments between colleague racing and NASCAR. And from what I've been able to gather, NASCAR actually basically just said, Hey, if you could just give them the same penalty that the same reduced penalty that Hendrick motorsports got, uh, we'd appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, now, didn't we just talk last week that NASCAR said they can't do that anymore? Well, I didn't think this is, I think this is probably grandfathered in because this was a penalty and an appeal that was heard before the rule book was changed. But the appeal already had a small change in it. I, I still think from a hundred points down to 75 or something like yeah. that. I still think because this was a penalty that was administered prior to that rule book change that, that they're, they're allowing the rule to get, because remember it was because of what happened with Hendrick that they changed the rule. So that well, was after the fact. We obviously can't say that was the only factor because that's not the first time that the appeals panel has just taken, you know, a, a good majority of the penalty away. You know, but they've that, done but, that several times over the last couple of years. So we just can't say it was that one rule, but it was definitely timing that makes it look like it was that one, one penalty. Or the straw that broke the camel's back. Type deal, yeah. Yeah. But I don't remember nascar announcing that any other penalties were grandfathered in NASCAR well, they just must <laughs> they, they must feel like it is because they asked the appeals officer to reduce the penalty to match the same as hendrick motorsports yeah well nascar obviously feels they can do anything they want at any time and they always have and Dude, they can I, exactly <laughs> they're, they're thinking box yeah so the final ruling is that Colleg Racing and Hendrick Motorsports both violated the rule book. Both are going to have their um, their points 
reduction removed, but the monetary fine and the uh, crew chief suspension for all five cars uh, remains in effect. Yeah, but I mean, Hendricks was done several weeks ago. You know, yeah. for whatever reason, they just didn't do the same thing for Colleg. And, and we still don't know why they didn't, you know, you had three different people on the appeals panel. And obviously, they their opinion was different than the other three people. I don't, I don't know why NASCAR thinks they need to step in and obviously told those three people, you guys don't know nothing. If I'm one of those three people and NASCAR does this, I'm going to say, you find yourself a new appeals panel member. You know, like I said, I've seen NASCAR do stupid stuff. I sat right in the meeting in a hauler when somebody should have been disqualified on a uh, for something that was illegal during a qualifying run. And nothing was done to it because it would have changed this, this and this. So they just let it stand. Another time, Brendan Gaughan got the beneficiary of it, the same type of situation. They said, well, if we disqualify this run, then Brendan, since he's trying to run full time and he doesn't have any provisionals, he moves up into the 32nd spot, and then the guy we're going to disqualify will get the provisional and start in the rear. So they did that and gave Brendan a big boost. Yeah. You know, I, can't, I can't speak to what's happened prior to this stuff. And, I mean, what NASCAR did 10 years ago, 50 years ago, whatever, it, I, I think it sets a little bit of precedence, but it doesn't put anything in stone. What they did three weeks ago, that's my point, you know. Okay. I still I still go back to this was a penalty that was administered prior to the rule book change. And it's something that if if you are going through the court system for violating a law that isn't a law anymore, you're still going to face that penalty because it was illegal while. When you conducted it or when you when you violated it, it was still a, a, a you were still breaking the law, even if I don't know, whatever. Then why, but Then why did NASCAR even make them appeal it in the first place? Why didn't they just say, okay, well, Collins is going to get the same penalty as Henry? I don't know. Don't they're, I guess they're following the, the appeals panel process. And <laughs> they, they basically told the appeals panel, hey, listen, just let's not even go through this. Just this is our written statement to you. And it says, please reduce the penalty to the, to the same, to match the Hendrick Motorsports that's penalty. That's the final appeal. That was being heard by one man, no panel. They could have done what they did now when they went through the three-person appeal panel, uh, what, two weeks ago, I think, is when they went through it. Well, they were hoping the three-person appeal panel wouldn't modify the penalty, that they would agree that there was a violation of the rules and keep the penalty intact. And they and they basically did. And then NASCAR turned around and changed their mind and said, nope, we got to be fair. Everybody's got to have the same penalty. Yeah, because all of us are sitting here going, why is Hendrick Motorsports getting off with a lesser penalty than college racing? And your because argument, which I think is absolutely the point, is 100% on point, is that Hendrick Motorsports made a better argument. And so NASCAR is actually doing a really nice thing and saying, let's just keep it fair. Listen, Hendrick Motorsports made a great argument, and we're just going to keep it fair, and we're not going to hit college racing with a larger penalty for the same violation. Yeah, see, I... I just see NASCAR just picking and choosing what they're doing when they want. And I don't like that. I just think it's flat wrong. In a world of the bigger teams always get the benefactor, they just made the playing field even and told a smaller team, we're going to drop, we're going to basically make it so that, that you get the same penalty that, that Hendrick Motorsports did. I think and that's completely they, fair. 
How is why that a bad thing? How has NASCAR screwed this up? Why did they wait two weeks to do it? Why didn't they just do it after Hendrick's penalty and said, colleague, we're reducing your penalty to the same thing Hendrick's got. You don't have to go through the appeals process. They waited two weeks, wasted everybody's time, and then turned around and did that. Whose time did they waste? Are, have you wasted a lot of time? Have I wasted a lot of time? No, but those teams sure as hell did. And I'm sure with the attorneys they hired, they wasted a hell of a lot more money, too. <laughs> well, the NASCAR saved everyone a little bit of headache by just telling the appeals officer to just reduce the penalty to, to match Hendrick. Yeah, see, and, and I don't think that's their right to do that. I do you think don't. it would be absolutely okay for Collard Racing to face a larger penalty thanks to a terrible argument? No, that's not Okay, what I'm so now you're saying that neither way is fair. No, 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 no. You're, you're making, you're lumping everything into one snowball. If the appeal, if the final appeals judge, the one person says, hey, I'm going to go ahead and drop this down to the same thing as Hendrick, that's only fair. I'll bet NASCAR would have bitched about that. Now they want to try and face, save face for all the screwed up crap they've done. And they step in and say, look, colleague, we like you guys. You know, don't be mad at us. We're going to drop your penalty down. Wow. And it's not right. It's not the process. We don't know what the appeal, the appeals officer would have done because NASCAR in their in the way that the appeals happens in their argument, they simply wrote, please reduce the penalty to match the Hendrick Motorsports penalty. They stopped the appeals process by writing a letter to the appeals officer. He read it and then he ruled. That's why, all that happened. Why stop it in the middle of the process? That's it wasn't like, the middle of the process. It ended up being the end of the process. No, it wasn't. It wasn't after the appeals judge made his decision. They made the decision before he did. He took their decision. So then they stopped it before it went through the whole process. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You just said it went through the whole process. It didn't go through. Well, the it whole ended process. up being the end of the process because he read the article and then released his decision. Therefore, it is the end. So how can an appeals judge not make a decision? He did not rule on it. He just took NASCAR's statement and made it the rule. You know, he did nothing. The three people that heard the original appeal did absolutely nothing. Yeah, but you were applauding those three. Are you talking about the one for Colleg or Hendrick? No, I, I'm just talking about the ones for Colleg. Because at that point, if this is what NASCAR should, was going to do, then they should have done it right after the Hendrick appeal was done. Said, look, these four teams got this. That's what Colleg's going to get. Appeal's over. Colleague's going to not appeal it. They're going to say, okay, that's fair. They treated all five teams the same. And then there's no appeal process for Colleague at all. Instead well, of having to appeal it and then final appeal it. I, know, and maybe turn up in the Supreme Court. Maybe Colleague now wants them to give them 100 points <laughs> and 10 playoff points. Maybe there's not an op option in the appeals process for NASCAR to drop the appeal or change it. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> But I tell you what, if they came in and put a rule in there, you'd certainly blast them for changing the rules again. And in the middle of the season, any rule change I blast. I don't care what it is. Any rule change in the middle of the season, I don't care if it's at Eagle Raceway or if it's at um, at the cup level. If it has nothing to do with safety, it costs the teams a lot of money and it's stupid. Yeah, see, I, 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 that's where we're just going to simply have to disagree because if there's a rule change that has to be made, you got to trust the sanctioning body is making the right decision. <laughs> well, that's okay you to say that because I don't trust NASCAR. I didn't trust them when they went to the hole. Sure as hell don't trust them now when they hide everything. They still don't know what the heck the, 
the Bowman and uh, Byron penalties were for. So, yeah. you know, they're uh, still hiding that. That's not really transparency. Or they're just sticking to the way they've always done it and not releasing the information. They kind of released it on the Hendrick deal. Well, they didn't Elton say Royer what it came on and had a great big old deal. They they didn't say exactly what it was, was it? I mean, they we know that it was the, the louvers or whatever, but we don't know how they were illegal. Well, they were modified. That made them illegal. And we don't know what was done with the greenhouse. There was just something they didn't like. And obviously, Hendrick knows it was wrong because they didn't bother to appeal it or they didn't want to waste the time to appeal it because it was going to be an all or nothing decision. Right. All right. Let's move on. Unless you got anything uh, else. No, no, you can go. Sterling Marlin has been named to NASCAR's greatest 75 drivers of all time list. Uh, I like that admission. Uh, what, one or two time champion? Sterling Marlin? Uh, I don't know if he ever won a title. I thought he did at least one, but uh, there's a pretty good possibility he didn't. Uh, 1983 Winston Cup Rookie of the Year. One, two, three time Daytona 500 champion. That sounds about right. But uh, doesn't look like a championship. Uh, 10 wins over 748 races. That seems a little low to me. No, but the three 500 wins are what got him in there. Yeah. I, that it, <laughs> that just, it, it kind of amazes me that it's like championships are coveted, but then like it just almost 1B is Daytona 500 wins. If you won several Daytona 500s, but that's all you won, you may be considered one of the best in NASCAR. Uh, it And it baffles me. Just baffles me. I don't think there's anything else. You got anything else? No, oh. I mean, it was a pretty slow week. Uh, Austin Dillon did get hit with a penalty this week. Oh, really? Um, I didn't, well, that must come out today. Like I said, I ain't seen yeah. anything today. So. Well, that's what you get for working, Dirk. Yeah, every now and then it happens. Uh, crew chief Keith Rodden has been hit with a $75,000 fine and suspended from the next two NASCAR cup series points paying events team and driver been assessed loss of 60 points and five playoff points. Uh, he was penalized under wing assembly mounting and under wing stay assembly hardware. Any, any idea what that is? Say it again. Underwing assembly mounting and underwing assembly, sorry, underwing stay assembly hardware. I don't know what wings on the car. Ah. What wing is there on the car? I got no idea what that is. I don't either. I don't know what that is either. Yeah, I got no idea um, what, what wing is or what's considered a wing on the car. Trying to pull some, maybe some pictures. Off. Well, it's all pictures of airplanes. That's not going to work. Yeah, I mean, the last time they had a wing on a cup car was like 2008 or nine. That's when they took the spoiler off and put that little goofy IndyCar looking wing thing on the back. Yeah, I'm not seeing any articles of uh, explaining what it is, but I do see a tweet from Richard Childress Racing. They do plan to go through the appeals process, so they will be appealing this. Yeah, all or nothing, Richard. Go get them. <laughs> With a couple um, cases of wine, maybe you can get away with it. Looks like, uh, and that was the major penalty. Looks like uh, there was a team member from the 78 that was indefinitely suspended. Um, not indefinitely suspended, excuse me, has been suspended from the next two championship points paying events. Uh, looks like loss or separation of an in a, improperly installed 
wheel from the vehicle. So that was the one you talked about on uh, Tuesday's show where the uh, 78 lost the wheel. Right. Yep. That was, I knew that was going to happen. I just kind of forgot about that. Like I said, without being on Facebook today, I don't know what happened in the world today. So. Well, that was all that happened. Uh, Austin Dillon hit, was hit with a penalty and then decided to appeal. So we move on to the Geico 500 at Talladega set to wave at three o'clock on Sunday. Fox MRN and Sirius XM will have the coverage. No practice for the, uh, for the race at Talladega. They're going to have qualifying Saturday at about nine 30 in the morning, local time. Um, Looks like the weather could see some rain on Friday and Saturday in Talladega. Uh, but Sunday just looks to be kind of cool. 66 for a high, 48 for a low. Uh, so that's uh, lower temperatures tend to produce a little bit more horsepower, right? Yeah. I mean, your air is denser, so it holds more fuel, holds more atoms, uh, molecules of fuel. Mm-hmm. So obviously more fuel, more air, more power. So again, that race will be going off uh, Sunday at two. Four previous winners: Chase Elliott won this race October of last year. Ross Chastain won this race this time last year, April twenty fourth. Uh, Bubba Wallace won October of twenty one, and uh, Brad Keselowski won in uh, April of twenty one. So, ooh, twenty. That's going to do it for us. Make sure you follow the Fred Stretch Facebook page for all the latest information on who's racing and who isn't racing. Oh, yeah. By the way, I forgot to mention um, good news coming out of the Zeitner camp. Have you been following uh, Kylie and Kevin as uh, their little baby has been having a little bit of health issues? Um, uh, well, I saw him mention a family emergency, I don't know, a week or two ago, mm-hmm. but I wasn't sure what was up. Yeah, Bo, their, uh, their baby, Bo, B A. B-E-A-U uh, has been in the uh, P-NICU uh, or the P-I-C-U and uh, has been in the hospital for a little bit of time. They were trying to track down some issues with him and uh, finally they were able to get him back on track. And sounds like on Tuesday he came home, uh, although he's not completely out of the woods. They're still uh, working to keep him uh, healthy They're they, they feel like he's on the right path now. So oh, good, good to hear that. All right, I think that's going to do it for us in turn number one. Jacob West is going to join us right around the corner in turn number two. Again, we continue in our interviews with all the interviews we did at the World of Wheels Auto Show. Jacob, uh, one of those guys in the Soapbox Derby community. We're going to talk to Jacob in turn number two about what he's been doing and what he's got going on. So hang tight. Dirk and I will be right back on the front stretch. Great times. Quaker Steak and Lube in Council Bluffs continues to offer the best wings, burgers, and steaks seven days a week, along with great daily specials. Mondays are Kids Night, where kids eat for just 99 cents with the purchase of an adult entree. Tuesdays is All You Can Eat Wings Night for just $17. Enjoy a half rack of baby back ribs for just $13.50 on Wednesdays, and you choose on Thursdays for just $12. You can pick between 15 fried shrimp, a pickup cheeseburger, 15 breaded wings, or six boneless wings. Check out Quaker Steak and Lube in Council Bluffs on Facebook for all their daily specials. Get too quick to steak and lube. 
every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you White Knuckle Racing by the River bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch, rolling into turn number two, presented by Quaker Steak and Lube at Council Bluffs. Doing more of the World of Wheels car show interviews uh, back in March, and we're sitting down with uh, somebody we got introduced to at the World of Wheels car show. Couple and uh, four years ago or so? Three, two, four years ago, yeah, I three, four, I was thinking this was probably your second time, but, or third time. Third, third, third time. But it might yeah. be your fourth. But uh, Jacob West joining us, former Soapbox Derby racer, now full-time college student, iRacing event coordinator, uh, beer drinker? Yeah. Okay. And right. Soapbox Derby mentor. Yes. Mentor. Yes. Uh, you worked a lot with the Omaha Soapbox Derby uh, community, and, and that's kind of how we got introduced to you. You reached out to us, and you're like, hey, you guys don't talk anything about Soapbox Derby, and it's kind of a big deal in this area. Oh, yeah. Why don't you have me on? And I'm like, well, challenge accepted. Yeah, here we and, are. And now now look what you did. Yeah, <laughs> here we are. What have you been up to, man? What, how's life going? Pretty good. I last two weeks has been pretty interesting. I got pretty sick and was up, up in the hospital for three days with some oh, no hospital. Some serious <laughs> shit. Yeah. Yeah, I got a pneumonia pretty bad, and it oh my God. caused some abscess to form in my lung. So I'm on antibiotics to shrink it right now. Was that part of that beer drinking, like not wearing clothes and stuff when it was zero degrees no, outside? No, no, we we try to try to keep it safe when we're all doing that together. Yeah. But no, it's been life's been going pretty good so far. Been going to school, hanging out with all my friends here at home, just relaxing. Yeah, I heard yesterday you uh, switched schools. So. I did. Yeah, came home. Going to UNO now, changed my major. Yeah, something that I, something that I enjoy doing more now. Good. Well, something yeah. that there's plenty of jobs out there too. Oh yeah, yep. Huge demand. By the way, you're you're going for construction management. Yes, that is yeah. what I'm going for. There's a huge demand for that right now. So yeah. I, that that's a smart. I think it's a really smart move on your part. Yeah. I if if I was 20 years younger, I'd be changing my major to something in the trades industry because you can make a lot of money right out of college. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like. I could just go right into the field right now and do what I want to do, yeah. but just playing it smart and getting the degree that I fall yeah. back on where if 10 years down the line, I'm like, okay, this really isn't what I want. I could move to a desk job or something mm-hmm. else in the field. Well, and it's good to have that because, yeah, you could enter the industry without a degree, but in five, six years when the industry has corrected itself and there's plenty of managers out there, you're going to be at the top of the resume pile because you've got you've got the, the college degree with it. That and the experience. Yep. And the experience. Better pay to start off, too, when you've got a degree behind it, too. And that is a bachelor's, right? Yep. Yeah, it is. So that's a four-year? Four-year program, okay. but I'll probably be there for four and a half, probably just because I changed. Yeah. So I'm trying to catch up right now, taking my physics and all that, which is kicking my butt. Yeah, well, yeah, and then you took a couple oh. of weeks off to be all sick and in the hospital. Yeah, luckily spring breaks this week, so I, I get to <laughs> just sit and relax and kind of catch up on what I missed. How yeah. many hours of physics do you need? I Right now, this class, this semester, I have a lab and the lecture itself, so it's five in total. And then this is my only physics class I have to take, surprisingly. And then calculus, I'm done with my calc after this, and then I just go into, like, stats and then my more, I guess, 
concentrated classes on stuff. Yeah, because, I mean, I took physics uh, when I was a sophomore in high school. Yeah. And obviously it's a beginning physics. But yeah. I didn't even really think about it until I was like my third day in class. I was going, this is just another math class. Yeah. But it's applied math. Yep, it is. And the lab part is so fun. I mean, I was so intrigued by rolling a little marble down a piece of angle iron yep. and figuring out where in that big piece of flour on the floor it was going to land. Yeah. I had a blast doing that. Yeah. My teacher has <laughs> told me, he's he said that if you know your formulas, it's physics is like, it's like it's making like making lasagna. The prep work, getting everything plugged into your formula takes a while, but as long as you know your formulas and you can plug everything in, you'll get the answer right away. And that's what he's yeah. told me. And that's oh. crazy to me of, of stuff like that. That you the the amount of things that we can calculate yeah. that you know within a degree of certainty that it's going to do this. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, obviously, it was very important to guys, you know, like uh, Robbie Knievel. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. you're going to go jump them hoot, you know, jump over 16 <laughs> school buses. You yeah. need to know how fast yeah, you, you need to Yeah, you know how go. fast you need to be going, otherwise <laughs> you ain't going to make it. There's some days he probably thought, I, maybe I should have paid a little closer attention in class because yeah. I didn't do that math right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and they're trying to figure it out off a of tire diameter and, yep. and uh, two teeth on the rear gear, teeth on the front gear, and engine RPM. Yep. You know? So they don't have a speedometer. Yeah. Hey, I'm at 99. I just got to hit the cruise control. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, areas that, that you could probably apply that in, uh, not just construction, but also you could definitely go with one of your interests of racing, of being, kind of becoming a racing engineer and, yep. and helping out with Omaha Soapbox Derby uh, yep. community. And, a lot of and, physics in that. Yeah. Depends on all where you put your weight. What do you want in the rear, right in the middle? And we, right towards the last few years of my career with that, me and my dad, it all clicked, and we, we figured it out. We're like, okay, when we're going here, it's all got to be here. It's got to be up front, and found our center of mass when I was in the car, so we know if you can balance it right there where it is, that's where your center of mass is. Oh, hi there, ladies. And it just all depends. It's just because if you got a steeper hill, you're going to want all your weight more towards the back, so you could, you've got more weight sitting up the hill, so it's going to propel you more coming down. But if you're, it's more of a quick hill, and it's a quick flat, and it's a long flat towards the end going to the finish line. You want to have all your weight in the middle because then if you have too much weight in the back when it's a long flat going to the line, it's all it's going to kill you when you're getting into the too flat. Too much drag. Yeah, too much drag. So if you've got it in the middle, it kind of evens out when it gets to the flat and you don't lose as much momentum. Like You could see that like when we would race, when we knew we had too much tail weight. I'd, I'd, you, I could see out of the corner of my eyes. I'd pull it, and my dad would kill me if he knew that I was – looking out of the corner of my eyes because he always just told me to look down the track, but I was young when this would happen. And I could see that I would pull ahead from him when I was getting down on the hill and then getting into the flat. But then when the flat would come and we'd be getting more towards the end of it, they'd, they'd start coming back and they'd start coming back. And sometimes it'd be close and I'd still beat them, but then sometimes they'd come back and beat me. So it, it really is all just where you've got your weight at is the big name of the game. And a bit, it's a big no-no to have a tungsten ball that weighs 60 pounds is about that big that goes forward, <laughs> forward when you get to the bottom. Or having a big magnet in the front of your car like some kid had back in 79 at the World Championships that was big, big no-no when yeah. they found when they out about it. the gate down and pulled his car. Huh. Yeah. What yeah. is the, uh, what increments do you go, are you, are you determining the center of mass by inches, by half feet? How, how precise are you getting on those? Oh. Oh. I, I don't know if we ever really measured, like, what it was. We would just get, like, a two, three-inch thing of PVC pipe, 
and we'd put the car up on top of it, and we'd have like the front two wheels laying on the ground, and then we'd have me hop in the car with no weight in the car at all. And then my, when I'd be in the car, my dad would roll the car forward or back on that wheel, and that PVC would roll underneath of it, and we got to the point where it was either almost perfectly balanced or it would go, and then it would tap, and then it would come back up. And then we'd just take a little marker on the outside of the car, and we'd mark it, and we'd say, okay, that's where, that's where center of mass needs to be, so all weight needs to be, even if we're going to have more weight in the we- rear, we need to have as much of it closer to that center of mass as we can, even if we want more weight in the rear. Okay. Or vice versa, if yeah. you want more in the front. Yep, yep. But we never, ever put weight in the front of my car, I think. We always just had that bolt that came through the floorboard that just was always bare and empty, which was kind of nice. Gave me more feet room. Yeah. We're talking with Jacob West, a uh, former Soapbox Derby champion. Uh, we talked with uh, Emma uh, Emma Roseland yeah. earlier this morning. Yep. And uh, she was saying that, you know, you were pretty good, but she's a world champion. She did. She... <laughs> That, I feel I feel pretty good about when I when I got beat by her because that same year it was my last year I knew it was going to be my last year and it came down to her and me in the championship race here in Omaha and I lost by I mean her dad and my dad are friends my dad's president of the association right so they were both in the booth yeah, yesterday when I went over yeah there, so. so I lost by two two one thousandths of a second to her and I, at that time I was like. Damn, it could have been my last, my last draw yeah. in Omaha, and then. So I was, I was upset at the time, and then we got out to Akron and started, started working more on the car, yeah. and we did okay on our, our Wednesday race and just kind of figured it out. And she, she was looking better on her Wednesday race, and we were because she had never been out there before, so we were kind of giving her tips on like, look at this, watch out for this, try to make it set up like this, and. The Saturday race, the big race came along, and I got knocked out first round because I did not get good lane choice, and weather conditions weren't permitting for when I got to go because the sun yeah. the sun decided to come out right when I was going down, which didn't help me. And I we stuck around the whole day, and we watched and watched and watched, and she just kept going, and we were like, okay, this, this could be good. And I was down at the bottom of the track for the last tee of the day, which was hers, with some of the other Omaha people. And I watched her come down, and she came down and crossed the line, and it was close, but you could kind of tell who it probably was, and it was going to be her or one other person. So we knew she at least had second. And they announced her name, we flipped out, and that made me feel better because it was like, oh, I, I lost to the world champion. Yeah, you so, you so lost to the eventual world champion. My, my opinion is that makes me second best. <laughs> so, but, so, so you said you lost by two thousandths of a second? Yep. So at your guys' speeds, that's about like an IndyCar three football fields? Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> I'd say two – Two thousandths of a second in our in our series or whatever is probably less than an inch. Probably, I was going to say a couple yeah. Of inches. Yeah, or yeah. Nose of a car, maybe. So it's not that bad to lose to the eventual world champion. No, no, okay. it's not. A little bit more redeeming. More redeeming um, made me feel better. I I got I won my world championship race out in Akron in 2019, so I got my fair share of my fame. Yeah. Uh, been going to college for the last couple of months, uh, and, and you got, we talked about that. you got a couple more years in that. What outside of college, uh, how involved are you still with the Soapbox Derby? I um, try to make it to every meeting I can just because my dad's president, so I feel like I have to be there. So I go and I listen and I give my input on, like, I guess the racer side of it. Like, yeah. well, what, what would they think? What would they do? Like, what are the younger kids going to do? What did I feel like when I was their age? Like, how to keep them interested and want to keep going? And um, 
I mentor right now um, Dasha, who is from uh, Ukraine, adopted from Ukraine, and I've been helping her the last two years, and she's improved every year. And she's always asking me for advice when she comes down. It comes off the hill. It'll always be, oh, I, I messed up doing this. And it'd be, it's okay. Like, we'll get them next time. Like, don't worry. Yeah. And this past summer. Well, here's your plane ticket back to Ukraine. <laughs> she, um, uh, she's she, working uh, hard not to go back to Ukraine right now, though. She, this summer at our local race, placed second, which is the best she's ever done. And then this October, she won once or twice when I was there, which made her she was really happy when she did and you could tell because she had, she hadn't won before and she's been getting better every year and i think she's got a pretty good shot at it this year we were pulling for her to try to see if she could they'd give her like a waiver to let her go after nationals last year just with what everything was going on and yeah. with, her, with her background but we weren't able to get it yeah but she's getting better and better every time she she races so i'm, I'm hoping that this year's the year i'm hoping to be there for it good deal awesome yeah uh what else you got going on I know we, we kind of talked before we got started. You're still working on maybe uh, doing the Glen Roby Memorial uh, iRacing event this year? Yeah, I'm, I am. Yeah, I've just been so busy with, with school and everything going on around me and what happened to me the other week. But I've been just kind of pondering stuff and just trying to think so we can make it more organized than it was last year because I feel like last year was a mess compared to the first year I did it. So going to try to make it more organized, try to get more sponsors on board this year, maybe a little bit bigger payout so we can get some – I guess more professional people in there. Yeah. Um, well, that that's an interesting. I, 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 I'm going to support it either way. I, I'm, yeah. ju- I'm curious. I just want to have this conversation of like, yeah. do you make it appealing to the to the larger scale i racers or larger scale dirt racers, or do you keep it a local event? I try to. I put it out there on all the pages I'm on with that. I advertise like what we're doing and what's going on. So I try to try to appeal it to everybody. But I would like to have it more on the professional side with some of the bigger guys and some, even some of the local guys. But mm-hmm. I'd like to have it more professional because it looks better on our, our side of things. Yeah. Um, I just, like I was saying, I think more professional, the better it looks. And then it just if it looks professional, that means the next year people are going to want to come back and say, hey, that was run really well. It was clean, yeah. run well. I want to come back and do that again next year. And then they'll talk to some of the bigger people and some of the bigger people like, I think getting like a lot of those local guys that we get into run there, run it are really fun. Like Jake Neal comes in yeah. to run it, obviously. Uh, I can't remember who else was in it. I know the Hot Boys have ran it once. Yep. Um, I would love to get more people from locally around here. Some of the SLMR guys, if they've got setups, I think would yeah. be really cool to see them run it. I'd be willing to give mine away to have some, one of them run it if they really wanted to. Well, and like I, I, I work with the Alpine Inn now, and, and they're very interested in, in finding a way to get involved in it. Those of you who don't know, uh, one of the few things I actually do know about dirt racing is uh, Glenn Roby, one of the more uh, predominant uh, racers in the area, won the first ever race at Sunset Speedway. Uh, owned the Alpine Inn in the last 10 years, 15 years. Oh, he's owned the inn? Uh, I want to say that was since the 80s, I think. Okay. So quite a while. And the Alpine Inn is a, uh, I still think it's the best fried chicken in Omaha. We did uh, a fried chicken contest at the Library Pub one day, and the Alpine took it by by far. Yeah. Uh, best fried chicken in town. Bring cash, though. There's an ATM, but there is no credit card machine to, to run your transaction. And, but and I don't remember what that fee is on that ATM, but yeah, it just takes stupid. Cash. That's bring, what it is. Bring it's cash. Stupid. It's like three and a half, four bucks or whatever. It's, it's but anyway, because that's every ATM machine. But yeah. Anyways, uh, so they want to get involved in it too, and and I, I would love, absolutely love, 
to to somehow work out a way that that we would be able to have somebody race there. Yeah, I think at the Alpine. I think it'd be cool if we had if we had like Jake come and race yeah. there since he was the last guy that drove for Glenn. Yep. I think it'd be cool if we got Jake involved there and if he could get his setup out there, that'd be cool. If not, I can bring mine over and he can use mine. Yeah. But I think it'd be cool if we had one person out there that's a big, bigger name here in the Midwest to run it and yeah. was close with Glenn. Yeah, the, the big hurdle we have to get over is internet connection. Yeah. So that's you got to have a stable internet connection to be able to do this because there's nothing worse than if Jake was leading the race. And then internet <laughs> went out. Yeah. <laughs> I've had that happen to me before. And it, I, I had that happen to me in like a, I can't remember what it was. It was a league race that I was in. And I think it was like 50 to win. And it was like 10 to go. It was a restart, and I was sitting second. And I slid the guy going into one and cleared him going down the back and then went into three and four, and my internet went out. Mm. So I was really upset because I had lost $50 because yeah. I, I feel like I had the better car going into those last 10 laps, and I probably would have ran yeah. away with it. What else you got going on? School. Uh, school. Worker on the Glen Ruby Memorial. Um, mentoring. My fraternity that I'm in here at UNO and Pike, been involved with that a lot. Keggers. Have not had one of those in <laughs> a while. Can't really do that. Just rules and stuff. So we, yeah. try, we try to abide by rules. There you go. Yeah. Um, but well, there's, there's quite a few yeah. uh, fraternities in the area that oh, have gotten yeah. in trouble because oh, of those yeah. keggers. So it's, it's best to stay off yeah. that. <laughs> we have, I've, just having fun, just hanging out with everybody. Um, met a lot of people through that. A lot cool. of friends that I think I'll have around for a while. I just... It's just kind of like a you'll be sitting at home or wherever, and you'll get a text like, hey, come hang out at the house. We're going to do this, or we're going to go here and eat, or we're going to go do this somewhere. Go out some nights. It's fun. It's just fun to do because Blackstone's two blocks away from the house, so yeah. we can leave the house. We can go over to Blackstone and have a good time, and then we can go back to the house afterwards and not have to worry about getting a ride home, and we can just sleep there. Yeah. You've you been up there and had their subs yet? I have not. I just got a coupon the other day. I can buy a sub and get one free. But I We're haven't at, been there yet. At Blackstone Subs. Yeah, I have not oh, been yeah. to Blackstone Subs. No. Yeah, yeah that's a, that is an awesome area. I love going on. Noli's is great pizza. Meatball is amazing food. There's some really cool bars. I think there's a speakeasy down there. Yeah, there's a speakeasy. Uh, we go to a lot. I know the one that we like to go to a lot is um, Crescent Moon Ale House. Yeah. Because that in their basement, they've got it's like a full like German pub down in mm-hmm. their basement, and they only they only have German beer down there. That's the Uberhaus down there, right? Yeah. Because yeah. it's a, it's. Same liquor license, same building, same everything. But yeah, it's just they, in the basement. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. yeah. Oktoberfest down there is insane. Yeah, it's a, it's a really fun bar. Have it's, you had the boot? I have. Me and you my, did. me and my, one, me and one of my friends did two of them together one night, and we got back to the house, and it was a, uh, it was fun. It was an interesting yeah. night. It's, well, it's yeah, it's really cute when somebody's like, oh, I did a boot, a boot of Bush Light, and I'm like, dude, yeah. You have no idea when it comes to German beers. Like they're they're, I, they're they're strong. I can't remember which I can't remember which one we did. It was it was an ale, but I just the video documentation of it was when we got back was like, yeah, they were they were having fun. <laughs> All right, let's end it on that. Yeah, we've been talking with Jacob West, former soapbox derby racer. Uh, if you guys want to get involved in the Glen Roby Memorial, you can message him on Facebook. More details on that will hopefully be coming out if Jacob's able to. Niche out a little bit of time to get that scheduled yeah. and get that figured out. It's best to do it right rather than just to just do to it. throw it together. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm totally behind you, and, and yeah. hopefully I'll be able to find some time if you need some help with that. I'll be able to help you any way I can. Yeah, yeah, I will definitely be contacting you on that. Just get it set up, and before before I release anything about it, I'm probably just going to try to get everything set up, get everyone together for like broadcast wise, get you connected mm-hmm. with the people so you can help with it again. 
just try to have everything set in stone and then put it out there once I've got all my details put together so I'm not getting people adding into the, the sign-up sheet and then I'm not fighting to find, hey, I need more yeah. sponsorship here so I can pay out these people, like stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm just going to try to this year try to have everything set in stone before I put any details out about stuff. Well, Taylor Computers is back in again. Yeah. My business manager is not going to be happy that I committed more sponsorship dollars, but she'll manage. I know um, <laughs> Tracy Getchman said she'd be in for it again. Cool. And I'm sure performance grading up in Harlan, they probably will like they usually do. And I'm sure I'll throw in some of my own money and put Soapbox on the sponsorship name too. And then Alpine, I know you said, is in for it as yeah. well. So probably try to have a good field and try to pay out the entire field this year pretty good. Damn, good deal. I'm yeah. seeing a thousand to win type thing coming up. <laughs> we'll have to see. <laughs> I would like to I, I'd like to have it more than it has been in the past. I think in the past I've only made it like 30 or 40, but I feel like if, if I made it a little bit higher this year, I feel yeah. like we'd, we'd gather some more people. Well, you got some really good talent last year. I that, did. Uh, there were some Pennsylvania guys and New York guys that jumped into that. And yeah, I know, and I would like to this year maybe have it like <clears throat> A two-day show, maybe mm-hmm. have it like the night before or something like that. Night before, maybe not broadcast it. Have like two shootout races or whatever, like two features. Like, okay, you guys are all gonna run this and this, and then these guys will make it in on locked in. And then before the main feature Saturday, we can maybe do like oh, a last chance showdown and yeah. take take the top two, something like that. Just depending on how many guys we get to sign up. Like, if we get a full sixty car sign up sheet, that's probably what I'd be looking at doing. Yeah, yeah. Jacob West, find him on Facebook and uh, be paying attention. More details to come and all that stuff. And yeah. don't forget to check out the Soapbox Derby uh, Omaha. Uh, yeah. We talked to, uh, like I said, we talked to Emma earlier today. We talked to a couple of Soapbox guys. So uh, we'll continue to promote that as best we can. Uh, that's going to do it for us for today's show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Big thanks to Quaker Steak and Lube, Rick Havenridge of Wealth Partners, uh, Taylor Computers and Repair, and, of course, Joe's Carding for helping us get the show up and running. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. This has been the Front Stretch. We all have that coworker that runs their mouth off at how great they are. They shot a five under par, 95 mile an hour fastball, bench press 375, brah. Wouldn't you love to shut them up by schooling them at Joe's Karting? Council Bluffs premier indoor karting track, professionally designed so each corner is your opportunity to embarrass your coworker. Call Buddy for your next company outing at 712-256-5278. Joe's Karting, white knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue next to AMC 17. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. This time I'm talking laptop screen replacement. We've all made the mistake of dropping our laptop. Maybe one of our animals stepped on it. Maybe we set something heavy on top of it and we just didn't realize it was too heavy. And you go to turn that laptop screen on, there's a giant crack across it. That doesn't mean your laptop is completely worthless. In just a couple of days of turnaround, I can easily get your laptop screen replaced. And usually it's for a pretty reasonable price. Don't think your laptop is completely wasted just because you have a broken screen on it. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641, or shoot me an email, tailoredcomputersandrepair at gmail.com. I'd be glad to give you an estimate of how much it's going to cost to replace your laptop screen.